Welcome to the Fresh Nest podcast, where we talk all things freshening your nest, from decluttering to design, decor and home styling. I'm Hannah Bullivant, an interior designer, interior stylist and content creator, and I teach folk to declutter, design and decorate their home from a place of self-knowing. Hello and welcome to the Fresh Nest podcast. Today I am talking about framing and hanging art and how to do a gallery wall really well. You can skip back to the last episode where I talk about how to choose art and also tons of affordable art ideas if you are needing some tips there. So framing can make or break a piece of art. Good framing can make literally anything into a piece of art. But a beautiful piece of art can be made to look cheap and mass-produced with poor framing. You need to get to know your local framers. Go in and get quotes. You might be pleasantly surprised. Or use an online framing service where you input the measurements of your art and then a range of mount and framing options appear. Or of course you can buy your own and put them together and I have tips on all of these to come. Years ago now, I did some styling for a number of interior designers, as in sourcing and then kind of staging the property. And I worked for an interior designer called Katie Stevenson Breton. And I remember absolutely loving this piece of art she had on the wall. And it was a scrappy piece of rope, but it was framed so beautifully. She had mounted it onto a piece of linen, a linen backing board and put it in a box frame. And she told me that she had picked this up on a New Year's Day walk with her family. And she loved it and decided to have it framed. And it blew my mind. What a lovely thing to have on the wall that she'll always be reminded of that New Year's Day walk that she had. And the framing made it look just really architectural and beautiful. Okay, let's talk about the main types of framing. So the first one is mounted. So this means that there is a border between the art and the frame. People call this different things, but I've always known it as a mount. And there are slightly different ways of doing this mount. So you can either float mount something, and that's where the item sits on top of the backing board, on top of the mount. That works really well for items that have got a lot of texture or maybe a work on paper where it's been done on like rag paper and it's got a beautiful edge or you can window mount it and that is where the mount sits on top of the piece of art and it's neater and it makes it have really straight edges. So yeah, there's a couple of different types of mounting and there are nuances within these categories. So I have seen art that seems to manage to be both window mounted and float mounted, for example. So these aren't completely definitive terms. To start with, I wanted to talk about mounts. The second type of framing is it's called frame to edge, and that means there's no mount. So the frame is right next to the edge of the art. And I don't tend to recommend this, to be honest. I don't really like a frame to edge framing, but it does come down to personal preference. Art is so personal. The frame itself is usually wood, but it could be plastic. And you can have fun here. You could get like a rounded frame, like some kind of fun transparent acrylic frame or like bobble textured is super trendy at the moment. I once saw a sort of, it was an antique piece actually, and it had been framed in, instead of a square edge, it was like in a sort of octagonal edge and it just looked so good. 
And also, if you're not sure, go to your framers because they will often have little corner samples of mount and frames and you can kind of place them against your art, even if you don't go with them. But you can kind of go and say, oh, actually, it looks really great with a green mount and an orange frame, you know, whatever you want to do. You can have your glazing flat to the piece of art or you can have it extended away from the piece of art in a box frame. And that can be used, I mean, pretty much for anything, but it looks great particularly for 3D things or items with lots of texture. But I have seen it done like an acrylic box with a postcard sized bit of art just leaning in there. So you don't always have to use box frames for 3D things. It can be really, really effective for 2D things as well. The glazing on a, on a frame can be glass or plastic. Acrylic is, tends to be cheaper, but it sometimes doesn't make the art look so great. Also, you can get glazing that is like UV resistant, glare resistant or archival quality. So they are kind of the main types of framing and the sort of main terminology to be aware of. I personally don't think there's ever really a point at which I would do a frame to edge framing project but this will come down to personal opinion more than anything i just think the art or whatever it is you're framing looks great when there's a little bit of a border between the art and the frame okay let's get into some tips so i know that when framing some people will try to match their frames to the other kind of furniture colors in the room actually my tip is to not do this and instead frame to make the art look good so Instead of framing and choosing a walnut frame because you've got walnut furniture, instead choose a colour or tone in the art and then really make that sing and pop with your mount and your frame. That means your art will look good no matter what room it's hung in. It's also better if you ever decide to sell the piece down the line as well because you framed for the art and not the room. Hopefully the art you've chosen will reference your wider decor scheme in some sort of way so that that will mean that the art isn't out of place. But generally, I think that art always looks good, even if it doesn't have elements of the colours in it. It can look great as a contrast piece in the room, for example. You can DIY your frames and your mounts. If you can't afford to go to the framers, always get a quote though, by the way, and from a few different framers because you might be surprised. Then you can still frame and mount things beautifully yourself. Buy frames bigger than the art, ideally with mounts included, or you can add your own mount. You'll need to buy some archival quality thick card and use a craft knife and a metal ruler to get it straight. Alex from The Frugality has a really great blog post where she paints her frames the same colour as her mounts. This looks so good, super professional, like it has been professionally framed. And she's using frames from Wilco here. So, you know, you can do this on a budget. You'll need to sand your frame first and maybe use Zinza as a base coat if it's plastic. Then paint the mount and the frame the same colour. It just looks so good. Consider using gallery glass that's non-reflective, which really enhances the art. Also, if you are hanging art in a super sunny spot, use UV reflective glass to protect the art and stop it from getting really bleached out. As well as bespoke new frames, consider using vintage frames. Look out for nice frames in antique shops, markets and charity shops. And then your framer can fit it with new glass and a backing and put your item inside. This looks so beautiful. Another interior designer I used to work with, Monica Tostes, has a few bits of art that are contemporary pieces, original pieces, which she has had framed, mounted, and then framed with a vintage and antique 
antique frame and oh my goodness it looks so good so when you are looking for art in antique shops markets charity shops look out for a good frame as well as good art <laughs> Okay, I'm moving on now to how to hang art. This is an art in itself. There are people who specialize in hanging art and like framing, the way you hang your art can make or break the art piece. So what are some tips and tricks when it comes to hanging art? Here we go. Don't hang your art too high. This happens surprisingly often. Your art should be at eye level, which is actually surprisingly low on the wall. The official guidelines are to hang art so that the centre of the art piece is like 60 inches off the floor, which is average standard eye level height. And this is how galleries hang their art. Don't allow your art to be lonely. You want to create a scene. So yes, a small grouping of art, but also make sure that art has a, some kind of relationship with a piece of furniture next to it, like an armchair, a side table, a sideboard with a lamp, something like that. Don't be afraid of a big blank wall. I get this question a lot, as in, what do I hang on my ginormous blank wall? I would say to hang art at the edges of the wall rather than in the middle. Hang large bits of fabric or fabric art instead. That's what I would do with a ginormous wall. So you can hang a little stack, a pile of art down the left-hand edge, for example. Can look absolutely gorgeous. Play around with the artful lean, which means rather than hanging everything, play around with standing and leaning art on the floor. This looks great layered. So like a really large item of art at the back or a mirror at the back, and then a smaller piece at the front, like two or three different layers. That will not be practical if you've got crawling babies and toddlers. You do what works for you in your home. Make use of narrow picture ledges. I'm talking the Mosslander ones from Ikea, but you can also buy handmade bespoke ones from sellers on Etsy, who I've bought from before for my projects. They look great in so many different places and it means that you can change up really easily what you're displaying in that space. So I like playing around with small framed art pieces as well as things like dried flower arrangements, wreaths, shells, branches, things like that. Don't forget hallways, kitchen and bathrooms. The most used rooms of the house should be joyful places too. Just might need to be careful about what it is that you're hanging in the bathroom and work with your framer to use materials that aren't going to be damaged by moisture. Leave some negative space. Even in homes where the owners love a full, colourful and eclectic home, art needs some room to breathe. So let's say you fill an entire wall with art, literally from floor to ceiling, I would probably make sure that the other three walls were relatively minimally dressed. Get the scale right. Your art shouldn't look so humongous or so tiny on the wall that it kind of just looks wrong to the eye. I love a bit of a, a wow contrast piece and, and something large in the room, but it does have to be done well. Ideally, your art should take up about two thirds of the item underneath it. So if, let's say you've got a sofa, then the art should cover about two thirds to three quarters of the space above the wall. 
if you've got a ginormous piece on the wall and the piece of furniture underneath it feels a bit small and pokey because that that's what will happen um, if you hang an absolutely ginormous piece above a piece of furniture that's not quite big enough for it. You can sort of extend the sofa visually by adding a side table and a table lamp on either side of the, of the sofa. So it just gives it enough visual width to kind of take the, the size of the art above it. Similarly, art that's a bit small and lonely on the wall can feel a bit sad. It can make the room feel smaller. Instead of putting small bits of art by themselves, kind of evenly spaced along the wall or by themselves on a wall, group them together so that visually they become one larger piece, like in a gallery wall, which I'm going to get to, or stack them in, in, a, in a triptych of three and mount them more towards the edges of the, of the wall. This can look absolutely gorgeous. Other things that can have a similar visual weight to one large item are a pair of prints or a triptych of prints. And they will all have a similar visual weight on the wall, but will be different. And, and, and it's really down to what your style is. If you prefer a slightly more minimal look, then a pair is going to be better for you than a big gallery wall. Consider eye level. What do you see when you are on the toilet? I know this is a bit controversial. What do you see when you're standing in the shower? What do you see when you're putting washing in the washing machine? What about when you're sat at your desk? Really think about how you experience your home and think about where you could add a fun bit of joy in the form of a piece of art to really lift the space and add some surprises around your home. If you haven't ever looked up Kettle's Yard in Cambridge, I recommend that you do so. I love the way that they have framed and displayed art and sculpture. And I wanted to talk about some of my favourite ways. So I love that they do things like centre the art on the wall to the table and they make space for the sculptures on the table on the wall. Does that make sense? So there's a sculpture on the table and the art is around it. So that when you stand and look at it, the sculpture has white space behind it. It's so good. They've got a ginormous art piece just leaning on the wall, one of my favourites. I love the way that wherever you go in Kettle's Yard, the art is grouped together with the furniture, like a little happy family grouping. And it just makes me so happy. Also, loads of examples in Kettle's Yard of art not centred on the middle of the wall. So they have got great examples of having art that is hung to the sides of a large wall instead of in the middle of it, while still being grouped with like a chair or something. There's also some quite cool, unusual locations as well. So like low down on the wall, which would be really beautiful if you didn't have young children or buggies or wheelchairs around. But yeah, Kettle's Yard is worth looking at for some really cool, creative ways to hang art. Okay, so how to actually attach things to the wall. Let's get down to the nitty gritty here. So the first thing is to make sure that you are using the correct wall plugs and screws. All wall plugs have a matched screw and drill bit to use with them. So if you use that, that holy triptych, then you can't go too far wrong. And if you're not sure, YouTube and Google are your friends, literally. Like what size wall plug and screw for a 60 by 40 centimeter frame? You may also need to weigh your piece of art to double check what your screw can take. So if you are DIYing it and if, if using a drill makes you nervous, again, you look up tutorials on YouTube. You can learn anything on YouTube. 
If you don't have a drill, screws or, or wall plugs, could you borrow these from a neighbour? You can also obviously hire somebody to come and hang your art. This could just be like a handy person to come in and do your art. UK folk, TaskRabbit is useful for this. Or you can actually hire a professional art hanger or art consultant to come into your home and help you with where and how to hang art and then get someone in to actually do it for you. Because this is a total skill by itself. Command hooks are a great renter friendly option or a really good option for those who just don't want to put holes in the wall, maybe freshly wallpapered and you don't want to have holes. For heavier things though, use the Velcro command strips. With the Velcro ones, rather than hooks, you have two attachment points, so it's much stronger. Consider adding accent lighting to special art pieces. I love to do this. So you can buy beautiful art lights that are mounted on the wall above the art piece, or if you have spots in your ceiling, then just make sure you've got spots along the edges of the room to highlight some of the special art pieces that you have. You can also buy special art hanging kits from places like eBay and the big Amazon, which I try not to recommend too often. But that comes with everything you need. In that case, often you can just hang a little picture hanging hook with a hammer and a nail. So that's quite an accessible, easy way to hang some art on the wall. <laughs> Hey, let's talk gallery walls. How do you hang a really good gallery wall? So the first thing to say about a gallery wall is to gather a selection of objects that you absolutely love because we always center you, the things you love, the memories you have more than something that looked trendy on a retailer's website. Mix vintage pieces and newer ones. You really want to play with contrasts on your gallery wall. Mix textures and shapes, again, talking about those contrasts. Include something round if all your frames are square. Have a mix of framed and unframed pieces. Always include something natural, like a hanging plant, a beautiful branch, a wreath or a palm leaf fan, something like that. Shop your home for items before you look externally. You probably have loads of stuff that you could use. And again, if you switch back to module one, I've got tons of ideas for affordable art ideas that you might just have sitting around in memory boxes or like in your attic. Lay all of the different combinations out on the floor and really play until you're happy with the selection that you found. Keep in mind the palette of the room that you are hanging in. As a rule, sticking to one or two colours in your art helps it to feel cohesive. But if lots of colour makes you happy, go for it. And generally, I think that art is the exception in a colour scheme. So if you've got art that you absolutely love, but doesn't actually necessarily go with the colours in your room, I still think you should use it. So I've just said two opposing things. What I'm saying is, yes, it is nice when the art slightly references the colour scheme in the room, but also don't stress about it because sometimes having an art that is a contrast to the colours in the room also looks great. Now, gallery walls will also come down to your unique style. And now I just told you that it looks really great when you contrast and you have round and square and different textures, and that is true. However, if in your heart of hearts you are a minimalist and you like to have a far simpler home, then actually you might need to stick to fewer textures and fewer contrasts. That might work better for you because ultimately there are so many types of gallery wall. You can have a grid where everything is the same size and the same colour, equally spaced. You can have a more kind of wilder, mixed material kind of mashup. 
You could have different sized prints, but all the same color frame. You could have it so that the frames are hung, so the overall edge is square, or so that the gallery wall, the overall edges of the whole gallery wall have edges that are asymmetric. You could have alternating symmetrical hangings. So that means that you have four items, too small and too large. One side you have large on top and small on bottom and on the other side you do the opposite. You could do floor to ceiling in the kind of French salon style, very Rita Koenig as well, literally right down to the floor, right up to the ceiling, or a collection just along the eye height along the wall. So there's so many different gallery wall styles and I think there's probably something for everyone. <laughs> Okay, so how do you actually get the stuff on the wall? How do you make it look good? I've got a couple of different tips for you. So when I have hung gallery walls, my preferred method is to lay it on the floor. I generally start with the hero piece and then I build it out from there, leaving sort of four or five inches in be between each one. And that way I know that it looks good. The even gap between them, I think is key. The other method that you can do is trace around your art pieces onto the back of some wrapping paper or some craft paper or some lining paper and cut it out and then tape the shapes to the wall and move them around until you like the shape that you've created on the wall. I personally don't get too stressed by super exact placement. I think beginning with a hero piece, just getting it on the wall, measuring roughly four inches between that and the next piece will help it to feel cohesive and good. But I think it can be really easy to get super lost on the measurements when you're doing a gallery wall. And I think the main thing is to try and have some fun and be a little bit free with it. And I'd probably be growing and changing as your own style grows and changes. And that's fine. And that's part of living in a home. <laughs> Okay, so that is part two. I have talked all about the different kinds of framing options that you have and how framing can just massively impact the piece of art that you're hanging, the DIY options, the professional options. I've also gone through loads of different ways to hang art on the wall, DIY and professional. And we've talked through how to get a gallery wall done right. My last thing I wanna say is an, it's an action prompt for you. And it is to say, get your art hung, framed and on the wall. I said that the wrong way around. Get your art framed, hung on the wall. Whether you visit the framers, whether you DIY it. You've all got prints waiting to be hung. I know you have because everyone I've ever worked with, all of my Freshness students, everyone has it. So you don't need to be looking necessarily to buy new art. Focus on what you do have, get it framed beautifully and get it up on the wall. All right, I'll see you next time.